0: I'm Chance.
1: And I'm Sarah Catherine.
0: And this is Conservation Connection.
1: Presented by Last Chance Endeavors.
0: We are a husband and wife team running a wildlife education nonprofit. It's focused on connecting students to their environment.
1: Each week here on Conservation Connection, we do just that, introducing you to the groundbreaking science and conservation work that's happening every day across the globe.
0: We talk to professionals in the world of conservation science and wildlife management, and we ask them about their career,
1: their current projects,
0: their wild and crazy stories from the field,
1: and everything in between.
0: This episode is a collaboration with EarthX here in Dallas, Texas.
1: EarthX is the largest Earth Day celebration in the world, and it brings in speakers from every corner of the environmental arena.
0: Listen in to hear the stories of today's environmental titans, covering everything from environmental law, ocean health, renewable energy, clean transportation, and so much more.
1: Let's get to the show.
0: Welcome to another episode of Conservation Connection. We are here at EarthX 2022 in Dallas, Texas, and we're very excited to be sitting down with Paco Conde, who is the co-founder and the executive creative director of Activista Los Angeles.
1: Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. We're so glad to have you on the show. And I want to start off by asking, what is it that Activista Los Angeles does?
2: Okay, so we are a creative company, right? Uh, we we started a business four years ago. Basically, we use the power of creativity to help brands and organizations to provoke positive change or positive impact. So that's what we do. We strongly believe that creativity can help Build a better world and can impact possibly in people's lives. Uh, So that's what we do, basically. That's awesome. And probably the
0: most powerful experience that I've had with Activist Los Angeles is watching a velociraptor walk down the halls of a UN meeting and uh, kind of take center stage. Can you tell me a little bit more about the Don't Choose Extinction campaign? Of course.
2: So we started working on this a couple of years ago. So, two years right to make this happen it was obviously you know there is a before and after in my career you you know not every day the UNDP calls you and tells you hey we want you to do the most important campaign of the last decades because finally we really need to stand on climate change so the brief was quite scary because if the UNDP or the United Nations that they are a very neutral organization they need to start speaking out about climate change. Right, It's because we really need to start like taking action. So we were very honored because we are a small company and they came to us, but they knew that we are experts in behavior change, right? And it was great because, you know, most of clients, when they brief you, they tend to complicate, overcomplicate briefs. And the good thing about the United Nations, first of all, they invited us to meet a lot of experts. So we spoke to climate experts, to economists, a lot of very interesting people that gave us all the context. But even though there are a lot of information, they were very clear who, who was our enemy. And our enemy is fossil fuel subsidies. We are subsidizing our own demise. So that was the starting point. Okay, so from there we started working, thinking, and uh, the first that we had was, is is stupid. We are probably we are going to be the the first species in the universe if there are other <laughs> civilizations somewhere that we are not just provoking our own demise, our own extinction, but also we are paying for it right. with our taxes. Uh, our governments are subsidizing the industry that is killing our planet so basically the issue is that we have fossil fuel companies that are contributing
0: to this massive co2 issue and they're getting money from the government to do that money that comes out of our taxes when you pay your taxes which you know it's earth day which means everybody just either paid their taxes or got some money back hopefully (laughs) um but the money that you sent to the government this year a portion of that goes to making sure that coal plants and other gas and fuels organizations can continue to operate. And so we're paying, we're literally
2: paying money so that we can destroy our environment. Exactly. Exactly what you said, right? Is we are paying for it and most people don't know it. So they challenge us to, hey, we need to reach... 7.7 billion people, right? We really need to do something. That's a small task. Exactly. So you you can imagine how, uh, yeah, we were a bit distressed.
0: (laughs) So if you're listening to this show right now and you have not watched the Don't Choose Extinction video with Velociraptor, scroll down to the show notes. I'm going to drop a link so you guys can go straight there and understand what it is that we're talking about. But it's really, it's a short little video and it's a really, really powerful video.
2: Yeah, so basically what we needed is the idea of the... Dinosaur was, we need an outsider, right? Because you know we are busy. We we needed someone to show us what we are doing from a different perspective. Okay, and the first we started thinking. So just imagine an alien lands on planet Earth and see what we are doing, right? Say, like, what the hell is like? What are these guys doing, humans? Yeah, you know. So we thought, okay, what if instead of an alien, it's an expert in extinction. So that's why we used a dinosaur. And there is another interesting point, which is you know, most people don't talk about climate change. You know, it's a boring topic, it's, you know, you see in the media, but I mean people don't get engaged. So a dinosaur is because of Jurassic Park. So it's power pop culture, right? It's
0: something that people would instantly recognize. That scene where it's like stalking down the middle of the aisle is right out of a Jurassic Park
2: film. It's it's an idea that we're all familiar with. Exactly. It's kind of like a shortcut, right? We always say that you need to show and say something that people have seen or heard before. So we had this powerful visual, right, is oh, a dinosaur on the podium of the General Assembly, right? And then the second step is what the dinosaur is going to tell us. Right. And the first thought we had was a line is, we had an asteroid. What's your excuse? Yeah. Okay. So we needed to, because at the beginning we thought yeah, this is like a trailer, maybe, maybe what if we team up with Universal, mm. uh, kind of like a trying to, you know, it's like a Jurassic Park movie. But then we thought, hey, it would be great if the dinosaur talked to us and tell us what we are doing, right? As I said, this outsider point of view. I'm the copywriter of the team, okay? If I have to write a speech addressing the General Assembly, trying to tell humanity what we are doing, trust me, there won't be hope. So we had the idea, we had this thought, this line, and then we started building a team. So, the courting, we were about, I think, eight people and we became uh, over a hundred people. Oh my and gosh. And one of the key uh, parts of the team was who is going to write the speech. We are in a climate emergency. There are a lot of very sad things happening. The consequences are dramatic, uh, but doesn't mean that you, you can use a different tone of voice. doesn't mean like a, you need to be very serious or heavy. Entertainment and even, you know, comedy is a good way to connect with people. So we needed someone who knows about politics, but also uses humor uh, in the way that person writes. So we found David Litt. David Litt was Obama's speechwriter. writer. Oh, wow. But also, he used to write, you know, The Corresponsal uh, Dinners, where it's about like a lot of jokes about politics. Right. And actually, he's, he does like a political satire. So we spoke to him, he joined the team. I remember like just read the first draft was amazing. You know, like a point after point, boom, 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 so good. So that was the speech. So we had the words and now we had to create the dinosaur. Right? Yeah.
1: What a great choice. I think one of the most impactful parts of that skit or video to me was the dinosaur says like you know you're spending all this money like trying to go to mars whatever like trying to build a home on mars like you literally have a home like you already have this place why not spend that same money and just like try to take care of it try to fix it and i that to me was really powerful
2: yeah i think that's the good thing is you know the speech we are not making anything up this is not you know it's it's true everything that the dinosaur says frankie we call him frankie, frankie the dinosaur <laughs> yeah it's because he speak frankly. Yes. So that's why. And, and the name could be used like a female and male. Yeah. So we thought it was a good name.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I want to back up a little bit. And so you obviously have this incredible skill of taking your creativity and using it to affect change in people's behaviors. How did you get into this field of work? What made you say, oh, I'm good at basically advertising and
2: connecting that to a social sphere? Look, advertising. I think 99% is crap, right? It's, they are you know it's it's difficult to define advertising when people ask me, hey, what do you do? It's kind of a I feel a bit of a shame, but I love my job. But uh, my industry, it's quite you know we helped build stereotypes. We are helping the f- uh, fossil fuel industry to greenwashing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But creativity and not everyone, obviously, you know, there are a lot of creative people now, agencies who really want to use our talent to provoke that positive change. So it's a personal decision, right? There are some uh, agencies that they love working like with comedy, others with technology, with the sports. I think we are good doing that, using our creativity to provoke behavior change and provoke a positive impact that started in brazil i'm from spain my partner is from brazil and we started working on some projects there that defined the rest of of my career especially a project called immortal fans Uh, you know in brazil soccer is like a religion right yeah so a club called us to do a campaign they wanted to do something to make their fans proud of the team and that season was very tough the team was not performing very well and you know sports is all about athletes like superheroes or you know these passionate uh, fans we thought hey what if we use this passion as a force for change so what we did is we told fans hey you love your team right you would do anything for your team right yeah you want to be a fan forever yeah you are a bigger fan than any other team yeah would you like your heart keep beating for your team even after you die yeah do you would you like your lungs keep cheering for your team even after you die yeah so we created the first organ donor car for a soccer team that's amazing wow. so that's the way you leverage something we always say to change something don't change anything if i tell you guys hey let's go tomorrow to Camboya. Okay, let's go to build schools for kids. They need schools. Probably you would say I would love to, but I mean, I have my life, I have my job, I can't live. But if I use something that you feel or you do already, and I turn it into something else to help, that's when we provoke that behavior change. Right. They were
0: already fans of the soccer team. Exactly. Take that pre-existing passion and just aim it
2: in the right direction soccer. so that it has a positive impact. Exactly. That's the way we work. To change something, don't change anything. Brilliant.
1: That's really cool. So I myself was a psychology major. So I am curious, talking about all of this like behavioral change and behavioral impact. How did you get into this business of advertising? Did you, as a child, were you like, oh yeah, I wanna do advertising. Did you study psychology or does it just come to you naturally?
2: Um, that's a good question. I think, I've been thinking about it. I think the main reason is because my grandfather took me to the, to the movies frequently and I love the movies. I love go to the cinema and suddenly like I started engaging with storytelling and also music. I loved music videos. I don't know why when I was like a teenager, I recorded uh, yeah. all the music videos in the eighties, nineties. And suddenly I started watching commercials, campaigns that they looked like a music video. So Levi's, Nikes, and it was amazing storytelling, amazing music, amazing visuals. So I thought, wow, that's maybe what I want to do. And I actually have a degree in advertising. So I, I started studying advertising. I did, that was my my degree. Um, yes. And then it's like a 25 years later, I'm still here rolling. And I'm very, very proud of being part of the industry and trying to inspire others to use creativity for good.
1: Yeah. As you should be.
2: Yeah. You're
0: kind of this perfect poster child of something that we really talk about a lot on the show, which is that... You don't have to be a scientist or a conservation officer in order to have positive change for the planet. You can take the skill set that you're already really good at or, you know, you loved watching movies. You loved watching music videos and you turned that to develop a skill set, which you're now using to make the planet a better place. And that's I want anybody who's listening to the show to keep that in mind every day because you don't have to be a scientist. You just have to be
2: you and care about the planet at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, use the best thing you do to help. Uh, you know, there are right. so many, there is not just one solution. All right? Right. And everyone, all of us have a voice. For instance, the, our voice is, is a way to, to help to promote that change. You know, it's, I think, and actually the dinosaur, we are trying to say that as well in terms of, you know, you will see companies telling you, hey, you need to recycle, you need to uh, electric car, bicycle, like a, small decisions or small action everyday actions which are great and obviously we need to do it. But the problem is governments and laws and doesn't matter what we are When during the pandemic that the lockdown, the positive impact that not consuming, no traveling was nothing. Right. right. So the war stopped and you know, what we need is to put pressure on our leaders to take care of the issue.
0: Yeah, and that's Direct, that's picking up the phone and calling your representatives as small scale as literally your city council person in the city that you live in, all the way up to your state senators, right? So you're working at every level just to say, hey, I'm aware of these issues and I want change and I'm I am a voter. I have a voice and I'm asking you to listen to it.
2: Yeah, we have two very powerful tools, our voice and our vote. And you have to leverage both of those. Exactly. And as you said, you know, anything that you are good doing, I mean, is if you play music, you know, use your talent to tell the story. If you are good doing designing or whatever you are good, I'm I'm sure you can repurpose your career or use your talent to help Tackle climate change. And
0: still make a living, right? It's not as awesome as volunteerism is. And I highly encourage everybody to volunteer because it's good for the soul. But as awesome as that is, you have to make a living and you can still make a living and have a positive impact at the same time if you're using what you're good at to do it.
2: Yeah, I love the Alicia Walker definition of activism. Activism is my rent, the rent I pay for living on this planet. So all of us should pay that rent, I pay that rent, you know, with my everyday actions. I pay my rent because I support grassroots organizations. I volunteer, I do cleanups, I I use my vote, etc. But also as a personal decision, I decided to pay that rent using my career and my job to help tackle climate change. Yeah.
1: The answer may be Frankie the dinosaur, but do you have a favorite project that you have worked on in your career or just in your time at activista
2: sure uh yeah an activista probably is frankie there <laughs> are we we do all uh, where well, we are very proud of something what we did with um, it's a small skincare brand called ren and they are pioneers they are swedish and they are pioneers in uh, sustainable packaging Right. So cool. they came to us asking for a campaign. They wanted to launch the brand here in the US. Um, we were meeting the CEO and he told us something quite interesting is, you know what, you know, every time my competitors launch a, more, a cleaner product, I retweet it. And people say, why are you doing that? Because they are your competitors. So when we were working on the campaign, we thought, okay, that's the campaign. So what if you, the idea was in the fight to protect our planet, we are not competitors, we are allies. So we proposed him to launch the brand in the US talking about their competitors who are doing good as they do. So we, That's super cool. We, we ran um, an open letter in the New York Times that said, these are our competitors. Here, why should you buy them? And we just featured their competitors. And obviously we told their story and how, you know, if you are not going to buy us, please buy this because yeah. they are doing good so because this is we are not going to save the world by ourselves we really need to provoke change and the good thing about that idea it's it became an, an alliance so we went to san francisco and we were like a sitting around like a with our client at five competitors all of them thanking us for bringing them together and since then they are collaborating they are sharing technology they are going to like a technology companies, other things together so the price is cheaper so they can accelerate their transition to uh, a more sustainable business.
1: Right, and I love that idea of community over competition. You know, and that's really what you're creating there. And I actually did see that campaign um, as I was on your website looking at what you all do and I was like, that's really cool, that's so fresh. And it's just not something you see today, I feel like. but. I hope that with what y'all are doing that maybe we're getting there, maybe more people will start to see like, you know, everyone has to be in this together, there's more space, there's space enough for everyone to do this. It's not just like, oh, it's only my company and there's no room for you. Yeah. It takes that collaboration to grow.
2: Yeah, that's true. And, And the dinosaur is the same, you know, the fact that you're using an outsider is trying to, you know, we are a species right? And the same with companies, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to make any difference. It's just one brand are trying to do good things and the rest of the industry. So we need to come together. Otherwise, there's no hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody wanted to learn more about what Activista is doing, uh, where would they go to learn some more information?
2: Sure. You can visit our website, activistalosangeles.com. You can go to our Instagram. We try to share work that inspire us. Uh, besides ours, it's uh, activist LA, and you can go to our LinkedIn or or just just send me an email and say hi, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what we did to
0: get you yeah, on the exactly. podcast. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. If you're listening, uh, scroll down to the show notes. You'll see the link for the video, and then I'm also going to go ahead and link just directly to their website so you guys can see some of that too.
1: Yes, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you making time, and hopefully, we'll see you again in the future.
2: Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Conservation Connection.
1: If you enjoyed our podcast, go ahead and subscribe to make sure you catch every episode that we post.
0: We'd love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out, go to our website, lastchanceendeavors.com backslash contact and shoot us an email.
1: We love questions from our listeners. So if you heard something that you want to know more about, be sure to let us know.
0: If you've got a minute to spare, leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts will help other conservation-minded people find the show. We'd really appreciate it.
1: A big thanks to the people working to protect our planet, and a big thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week.